Okay, today I'm in Devon with jockey coach Roddy Green and ex-jockey Roddy Green. Thanks very much for giving your time up, Roddy. Um, let's go straight into what you do now. You're an award-winning jockey's coach. Can you sort of tell us as layman what a jockey's coach does? Um, it just helps, basically help young people. Um, young people who want to be jockeys, basically. You're just trying to help them out and help, help them get their, their goals, basically, and try and be as successful as they can possibly be. And it's, there's, a, there's a, quite a lot of work involved in it. You're trying to get them to get a good technique and um, you know, just achieve their goals. Some, some want to be more successful than others. And how many would you be responsible for at any one given time? At the moment, I'd say I have, uh, on my list, I'd say, I think there's about 37, 38. But that's, when I say the list, that there's a lot of lads there who are finished on the list. You know, lads like who are on their, their year off. In other words, because when they, when they lose their claim, they get like a year with me. When I just sort of, you know, they've lost their claim. They're, they're obviously very good and they don't really need me too much. So, but they have a year where they can have, I'll, I'll ring them and say, well done, or we'll chat about something, or if they want to come over here, they can. Um, but we don't do that much anymore, but they're still on the list. So therefore, it's the, the, the main jockeys I look after, the ones who are like the 10 pound claimers, the seven pound claimers, the five pound claimers, the three pound claimers. But, so, but as they get more into their claim, they don't need you so much, you know what I mean? But it's, it's the ones like, I focus on strongly are the ones who are like starting off. Okay, and today it's nice and peaceful here at the moment. You've got uh, four exercises. How, 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 do they come in the mornings every day? Or? No, no, no. They, they come, it's all, this, this, this place here, this room here would be used all, it's all at night time. It's all, because obviously they, whether they're point-to-point riders or, you know, fully-fledged jockeys or conditionals or whatever, they, they, they come at even time because they're, they're working during the day. They're working in the yards, they're working in the races. Um, so this is this would be all sort of sort of five o'clock onwards or half five basically till whenever time it's finished. Um, this would this this room would be used different nights. It t- we're, 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 we'll be here tonight, um, and sometimes it's three nights a week. Sometimes it's you know it depends on what racing is on, depending on what's going on at all. And I also use a um, one one day a week. We go up to Taunton uh, in the rugby club there. It's the IJF um, hub up there. We use I go up there on the Fridays as well. Um, so it basically, it's, it all kind of works as one. So who actually employs you? Uh, the British Racing School employ me, and uh, I've there's, but I'd be a full time coach for them. So therefore, this is a, obviously say it's a full time job where I'm looking after jockeys. I go racing a lot um, because racing, th- this work here is all for, for for racing. This is to, you know to get to the race course and to do what we're doing here, technique pushing learning whip properly you know doing everything right the race course is the day that you you, you practice and do it properly and you hopefully ride winners well, so you're there for support at the races yeah definitely because like yesterday was a good day yesterday was is a good example of it ludlow yesterday five six lads riding five, yeah i think it was six lads riding um but three lads who are very young Bo morgan rode a winner um harry atkins he's 10 pound claimer good young lad you know, up and coming like the rest of them. Um, and you had um, Jay Tidbull, he wrote a double, which was a, just a good day for him, his first ever double. So I dare to walk the course with them, go through everything with I mean, I've known Ludlow well, I know the course, how to ride the course, I know how, what's going on, their tactics side of the race, getting it right for them. So they go out positive and they hopefully win, win races and ride well at least, you know. Yeah, so it's a lifestyle for you, it's not a nine to five, is it? 
No, exactly. You know, I, I make a judgment the night before, right, it's worth me going tomorrow because I got, say, eight, nine lads riding there or whatever. Um, and I can, I can make a difference. That's, that's how I see it. I, I've got to make a difference to them, help them. And afterwards, and if something goes wrong, I'm sat at home watching it. It's not, that's, to me, that's, that's no good. I, need to, I, need, I think I need to be there to try, especially when there's plenty of lads there. It's worthwhile. Okay, and are they, are they all sort of able to ride when they come to you? They're all sort of... Oh, yeah, yeah, they can ride, but of course, they're starting off and they just, they're, they're very raw. Some have had point-to-point experience, which is massive. Some haven't. So you're trying to just... This side of it's important for the last four, five... Sorry, four, five, four, three, two, one fences out, this sort of work. But obviously, there's tactics side of it, just discussing it and getting it right and just having someone to give you a bit of help, basically. And you teach national and flat jockey, so are the basics the same? Yeah, it is. You know, it, you're, it's balance, um, technique. It's, it's yeah, okay. I know you jump jockeys. You're jumping jump, which is very important. But the flat boys, there's a lot. You you know, you've got to be. There's the stalls. Um, you, you just tactical experience. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of the kids I I coach. To be fair, I get them from pony racing. I do a lot of pony racing work, so I know their backgrounds, and I've I've been with them a long time. For example, I've only got two flat apprentices, Taylor Fisher, who's very good, and Billy Lucknan, who's, again, very good. Um, so hopefully, you know, they're pretty high profile, so they're, but they've had that background pony racing where I've got to know them, and this is the next step onwards. And so all these guys, I mean, you meet them, and you have a sort of develop a relationship with them. Yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, I've known them from a long time, um, as, you know, from kids of like 12, 13, 14, 15, all the way up, do you know what I mean? Same with um, the likes of, you know, when, I, when I was helping, the likes of um, uh, Tom Marquand and Holly Doyle. I knew them very young, um, just out of pony race days, basically, and then just onwards. So you'll have like an ever-growing sort of stream of people that may potentially ask you for advice through the years. Yeah, absolutely. Even yeah. though you're not being paid to look after them anymore. Absolutely, you know, and exactly, you know, and we've, Harry Cobden's another one. He's, you know, I, I, I was, he was coming to me age 14. So and he's twenty. He's twenty four now. So he's he's not done bad. Okay. And do you sort of give them advice on sort of diet and mental health and that sort of thing as well? Yeah, that that that's part and parcel of it. I mean, some some struggle and some don't. Some some are strong minded. Some everyone's different. Everybody's different. And it's, it's just you, sometimes people will ask you questions and they'll come and see you quietly, and that's what you're there for. Yeah. And would you get um, sort of more experienced jockeys come to you and try and get out of bad habits? That sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, tonight, Brian Carver's coming over tonight. And Brian is um, one of my old jockeys. I mean, he's only just come out of his claim, really. Um, but he's, you know, he's a fully professional now. He's, just a, he's had a, an injury recently. So he'll be over tonight. And David Noonan comes quite, over, quite a lot. Um, yeah, so there's quite a few boys that come over. Um, Lorca Williams, he was over there last week. So there's plenty of, plenty of lads who just, just need a bit of a touch-up every so often. And you... Um you know, the, the recently the stuff's been in the news about the once again the whip rules have been adjusted, and people are getting long bans for you know using the whip too much. You know, what's your personal opinion on just the use of the whip in general? And well, the it's, new rules? I think the the BHA have had they've you know they've been criticised, but to be fair, I see their point and they're doing the right thing in a roundabout way, and it's um, it's going to be it's going to be really good for racing in a minute because already the jockeys are really they're putting the brakes on, the, the rules are severe, and, but it's making a big difference. And I watch races now and they look very good. And I mean, I'm really hard on the lads now where I'm saying to them, that don't just, you know, 
wave more, hit less, and just be really careful. I'm onto them a lot about it because I don't want them getting banned. And if you if you go one on, sorry one over, it's four days. It's it's severe. You can't you can't get that time off. You you can't. Um, it's it's hard. So you just don't get banned basically. I mean, in, in your day, I'm assuming the whip wouldn't have been quite as kind as it is these <coughs> days. Would it, how much difference, in your opinion, did it make to you know to give a horse a few good cracks? To... Well, look, there's loads of it's a, it's a huge topic. You can talk about it for hours, but basically, it, actually, a great example is last uh, Saturday at um, in the Brocklesby at Doncaster. I was up there, and young Billy Lucknan, he was riding, and he obviously on the flat six hits. Well, he, he, he used his six, and I'm watching a race thinking, don't hit him again. And he put his stick down, and the horse actually ran on. So that tells you a lot. Sometimes a horse doesn't need it. I mean, yes, we need a stick as a deterrent. You need to carry sticks. It's, it's, a definite, it's a definite plus. But I think they've got it about right. I don't think we need to be going over. You know, that's enough, to my mind. And apart from sort of those rules, how much has it changed since your day? You know, how much have jockeys changed since your day? Oh, massively, huge. I mean, when I first started, um, jockeys, there were some brilliant jockeys riding, some, you know, Dumuddy and um, Peter Scudamore, and there was fantastic riders and great horsemen, but their whole lifestyle was completely different. There was, there was a big, um, um, not so much a pub lifestyle, but it was, you know, they, they enjoyed themselves and they, they worked hard, but they also played hard. And, you know, you wouldn't see it nowadays. After, in those days, they go to the, into the bar after the races. Nowadays, they go into the gym. It's different. Yeah, would the um, I mean, do you have to be sometimes realistic with your students? So, if, if there was somebody that you thought, you know, this guy really isn't going to make the grade, would you tell him or would you just give him more work? I mean, no, we just keep. I mean, I would never do that. I just you just keep trying, keep trying to get make them better, help them get better. Um, and at the end of the day, as an individual, you, you'll see that yourself. You know, you'll see how you're going and you'll make your own decisions. But my job is to try and help them along the way until they, they, till they say they don't want to do anymore or whatever. But yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm always optimistic to try and make them as good as, as they possibly can be. And some of the big names in the wearing room these days have come through here, your school. You tell us some of the people that you've, uh, that you've coached along the way. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a good few. Um, they're making a nice living out of it. Um, you know, they're not all going to be champion jockey, and but it's uh, you know, just, just say Harry Cobden, um, Lorcan Williams, Tom Marquand, uh, Holly Doyle, Ross O'Ryan, um, Luca Morgan, who's leading in the conditional title at the moment. So there's there's plenty of people. There's there's there's, there's, a, there's a lot more, but they're just a few a few of the names, and um, you know, I, I hope to just keep getting plenty of good lads along the way. Okay, Roddy. The, in um, we talked in part one. I mean, your day, by the sound of it, most days is pretty full anyway. You do put the hours in, so you still ride out for. I know at least at least one uh, trainer, Nigel Hawk. Why do you still ride out? Um, just because I love horses. Um, I love just to go in and um, still ride out and just. I don't school, and I just ride out, and it's just nice to get on horses, be around them. It's just a part of my life. The part of why why I wanted to become a jockey and. It's something, there's, I go racing, you're seeing horses all the time, so they're, yeah, they're a big part of it. And uh, you also ride a bicycle, do you, you still ride to Nigel's? I used to do that a lot, when I used to, yeah, when I, when I was, before the coaching really took off, I used to go in there and we'd, I spent a lot of time riding out there, but um, I'd cycle over there, it's a bit mad really, but um, yeah, it's, um, 
I don't cycle there anymore. No, I don't. But I still ride the bike a lot. It must be quite uphill there from uh, from here, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, the, the, the ride home is easy, um, but the the cycle there is quite hard. Yeah, it is quite a it's a lot of uphill. Yeah. And I was uh, doing a bit of uh, Google stalking of you yesterday, doing my research, and I see that you've done some. Um, you've raised quite a bit of money as well. Doing you've ridden from John O'Groats to Lands End in I'm told near record time. I wouldn't say a record time. I did it in just 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 around around four days. Um, and I had uh, Lucy Charnock, Fringer Jockey, she, she drove and uh, uh, Jonathan Lower, let us, um, who has got the, who used to be a jockey obviously for Martin Pipe back in the day, he's got a, um, a camper van business over at Thorn Falcon and so we, we borrowed one of these camper vans and she kind of drove along. So she'd go off to, for 100 miles ahead of me and I, I'd, I'd cycle and we'd have lunch and then we'd go, I'd go again basically, you know, so it was, yeah, it was, uh, we raised money. We raised about five, six grand, as I remember, um, for the new jockeys and for cancer research and various things. So it was good, but it was it was a landmark thing for me. It was it's the thing you do once in your life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, do you just do it on your own, did you? You know, nervous. Yeah, no, no one else is that crazy to do <laughs> to do that. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I did it on my own. So how did you, you keep yourself motivated in that? You've got music on or something, or just no? Just keep going. <laughs> I like cycling. <laughs> um, and you and you rode from Trafalgar Square to home non-stop. Yeah, we did. I forgot about that. We did it a few years ago. It was nothing special, to be fair. It's not that far. I did Ireland last year. We, we, me and my, my son, we did. Um, I cycled from the bottom of uh, Ireland to the top of Ireland, which is Malinhead to Mizzenhead. Um, we did that in four days, but that was a bit more social. Um, my brother was there as well. So, yeah, it's just I like cycling, so it's, it's good. It's, it just keeps me fit. But your backside must be cast iron from your jockey days, is that? Yeah, it probably is. It? Yeah, probably is. <laughs> Now, talking about your jockey days, you're a very successful jockey. Um, you were born in, well, you're Irish, born in Ireland. Were you, were you from a racing background? Yeah, my dad was a racehorse trainer and a vet. Um, he was, he was, you know, a very eminent vet in Ireland. He was very, um, he did a lot of work with greyhounds and, and obviously racehorses. And he trained for a number of years, trained quite a few winners and that. And he, um, yeah, he was, uh, yeah, he was good at it. And so you were from an early age on the back of a horse? Uh, yeah, kind of, yeah. It was just pony club stuff and everything. And um, I left, I kind of like ran away from home when I was about uh, 17, 16 and a half, 17, came over here. Um, and uh, yeah, I worked for a lady in um, Hampshire, uh, Lindsay Bauer, not for a lot, very long, and then ended up with Oliver Carter for a while, yeah, point to pointing when I was just 17 and a half, 18. We're going to talk about Oliver Carter because I, I remember him from a different, <laughs> different side of the fence. We used to, the, the points of point at Ottery St Mary on his land That's was right, always yeah. quite um, yeah. entertaining, especially when he got on the, uh, when he got on the PA system yeah. and started yeah. telling they, the book. still have the point of point there. They still yeah. have it there, yeah. Now, he was a, let's say, a character. Yeah, he was, yeah. Um, can you tell us a few Oliver Carter stories? Oh, you could tell, I could talk all day about him, but um, he, was, he was definitely eccentric and... There was one day, there was a horse there called Glazepta again, who actually ran in the champion hurdle um, back in the early 80s for John Frankham actually rode it. I remember the story. And he was still there when I was there. And um, Oliver decided he, he one day he was going to sort his back out. So he made me bring the horse into these, in these indoor stables he had. And he got up in the, on the rafters of the, um, of the stables and he made me hold the horse while he jumped on the horse's back. And he says that was his way of sorting his back because he'd seen some back person, some crack doctor do it years before or something. And he thought he'd try and do it. And there's, I'm trying to hold the horse while he's jumping off the rafters. Like, you wouldn't believe it. You know, it's crazy. I'm thinking, what is going on here? 
<laughs> did you? Did, I mean, did you sort of wonder what the hell you come to when you sort of went down? There? Well, I, I'd heard he was a bit eccentric, but I was a kid who was just desperate to get on. So, I, and I knew he was he could train, and he trained a whip bread winner at Otter Way yeah. years before. So I knew he could do it, and I was just desperate for work, and I wanted to get on. So it was a no-brainer for me. And you rode point to points for him. Yeah, yeah, I did. I rode a few winners from point to points. Um, I rode, I think I rode four winners my first season. And yeah, it was great. I just, it was a case of getting to know people down in the West Country. I knew a lady called Patsy Osborne back in those days as well, and she helped me a lot. Um, God bless her. She was, a, she was very, very good to me. And then I sort of got in with a lot of people. Um, I got in with people called the Bloomfields down in Lawnston and Cornwall. And they were, they were quite, um, he was quite a, he was a sheep farmer, but he had quite a lot of racehorses. And he gave me my first winner on the rules, a horse called Midnight Madness. At Exeter, um, so that was it. Was a, it was a good grounding to get into to get to know people. Pointing as well, pointing as me was really good for me. So did you leave Oliver on good terms? Did you just move on? Well, he didn't want me to go. He he asked, he offered me. He wanted me to stay for the next season. I said, look, and I remember Kevin Bishop. I, I wanted to go to Kevin Bishop because he was a, a up and coming trainer at the time in Bridgewater, and uh, I told Oliver I was leaving. He was a bit disappointed, but you know, I, he was a great guy, and it was um, it was a good experience. Put it that way. So when you, where did you go next? Went to Kevin Bishop's after that. And, and sadly for Kevin, he had a bad year that year and I went to him. Um, I must be a jinx or something because he, he got the virus that year. And then I ended up the next season, went to Richard Lee's. And Richard Lee was like, he was, he was on the crest of the wave at the time. The, the, the years of Swardine, Delius, uh, Miss Nero, um, Space Fair, good horses he had. And I was there working for him. And I, rode, I, rode my, I think I rode 15 winners my first season for him. So it was a good start. Um, and then ended up at David Barron's after that. Did that make you realise even more how, how um, unorthodox yeah. <laughs> Oliver, Oliver was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I kept in touch with Oliver over the years and um, yeah, I had the odd ride for him as well. So he was, a, he was a good old boy. And then you went, was it Paul Nichols and Paul Barber? Yeah, well, I went, that was, um, when I went to Barron's, David retired not, not long afterwards. I went there. We won the national... Um, Obviously, Nigel won the national in Seagram, um, and I'd ridden Seagram, and I'd ridden good horses there, but things hadn't weren't going well there, and he sort of retired. So I ended up going to um, Paul and branched Paul Nichols, who was his previous stable jockey, branched out on his own. I joined him a year after he started training, and I did a whole I did a calendar year with Paul. I think it was, the, uh, I think it could have been ninety two, ninety two or ninety three. I quite can't quite remember. So I did from Christmas to Christmas. I think I rode him about, I think, 12 winners just for him in that year, as well as other people. So then I moved on to um, David's wife. She started training. Which I joined her after that. Um, so, yeah, so it was, uh, yeah, it was, they were, you know, they were interesting early years. And when you're working at these yards, are you sort of having to work in the yards or are you just purely a, the jockey? No, no, I was always working in the yard, yeah. You know, because to be fair, you know, you're, you're still, I was still claiming. So you're still learning your trade. So you're, you, you, and that's, you, you had a job as well and you had a purpose. You're up every morning mucking out, um, riding out four or five lots or whatever and uh, doing what you have to do, go racing, whatever. And then you moved to Martin Pipe, which probably most well, that, people... That was a long time. Was, was, there, was, there, was there was a stuff going on between all that, injuries and stuff like that. But I ended up at Martin Pipe um, by mistake, really, because I was, I was going through a bad patch at the time and... Um, as I say, different things had happened, and I was, I ended up, I, by chance, got a job at Pipes. Um, Jerry Supple, actually, funny enough, sort of 
put me in for the for the job and uh, they were looking for staff at the time so I just fell in fell in with a bit of luck really and Martin said to me you're not going to get any rides out of us and I says fine it's, I just needed a job and then within a month I'd ridden him a winner I rode him a winner a horse called Sprint Up as Frontwell and never looked back up from that time. So why, why would he sort of say to you, you're not going to get any rides from him? Because he didn't want every, every Tom, Dick and Harry going into ride for him and you know, wanting to get rides off him. He didn't need that. Yeah. You know, he was, because he, he had his own jockeys, which is fine. I just needed a job at the time. But it, um, it turned out pretty good for me. And what sort of a chap was Martin to work for? Oh, champion, yeah. I mean, I worked really hard there because I, I, I realised it was a, this was my big chance and so I was happy to work, work real hard. It was, but it was a, I, I had a wonderful career there. I, I loved it there. I thought, I, I thought actually when I went there, after a couple of years, I thought I'd be here forever because I, I enjoyed it that much. There was a great um, rapport in the yard with everybody, the staff and everybody. It was brilliant. It was, it was a winning machine. Everything was winning. It was just a, it was a great time. And I just thought to myself, you'll be here forever because it was that nice to work there, to be fair. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah, and when you were there, of course, AP McCoy was, uh, was flying high. Yeah. So was... Was that a bit demoralising for you, knowing that AP was going to be getting all the best horses and stuff? Or, oh no, not at all. Because AP was was in my my view, as 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 the as, as the picture says over there, AP McCoy the greatest. He he was to me, um, and he was a great person to sort of you know to be like if you like number two behind. You know, to me, he was the best jockey around. So he was he rode everything, and if there was anything left over, I'd ride whatever else. Do you know what I mean? So it was, it was good. Well, yeah, and then with with Martin Pipe, that what what else was like the Coral Cup winner, Illinois. Yeah, that was right. Yeah, I mean that was you know, I I to be fair, in those days I I, I think I rode in every race, by the Queen Mother and the Arkle, um, even in all those races. So you you were always going to get some get lucky sometime with, with something. Do you know what I mean? So Illinois, he I think he was, we had five or six in the race I think, and he was probably the. The third string, but he, he, he bolted up actually. And you rode over, well, if my information is correct, you rode over 100 winners for him, so. Yeah, just for him alone, yeah, it was good, yeah, it was, it was a good time there. And, um, you know, he was, he was very good. I mean, you worked hard, but you got what you deserved, and, you know, he was a good man. Okay, Roddy, it's probably quite difficult considering you know you rode over 100 winners for Pipey what would you say your highlight of your career as a jockey was um well I mean you know I wouldn't be as successful obviously as AP and things like that but even so you you, you have I was at it for what 23 years so there's lots of highlights and um good days and lots of bad days but that's just the way it is and um riding a festival winner was great but there was uh yeah there was lots of days where you just Things went right for you. Like I won, won the Sky Bet. That was a that was a good day as well at Doncaster. Um, won quite a few grade races as well. So I think yeah, I just I you know there's there's lots of good days. I can't really single one really. I mean, um, I I won the mayor's final and mayor called Just Jasmine. That was a good day as well because she was a I won seven or eight in her. That's for Kevin Bishop as well. And it was Mrs. Ellis the owner. It was a, it was a it was a good big day for them. So yeah, there was lots of good days. Um. You, you appeared to retire quite suddenly. Was it Sandown, age 36, just gave you a whip to a young child and said, I won't be needing this anymore? Yeah, I know. What yeah. happened there? No, I just, I'd had, um, I dislocated my shoulder quite badly before that. And I, I was out for like six months. Um, 
complex operation. The, the, the shoulder went wrong the wrong wrong way, and it was it was a bit of a mess. And I just thought to myself, you know, should I just keep going? And and I decided to do some. Uh, Paul Stewart, a farrier. We had a chat one day, and he said, "Well, come on board with me and see if you like it for a while." And whilst while I was out injured, and I thought, "Yeah, this might be the way forward." But once I started doing it, I didn't. I thought to myself, "I was gonna." I was still young enough, and I thought, "No, it was a big mistake." So, uh, so after six months, you were back at Pond House. Back at Pond House, and basically, I made a mistake. Basically, I just wanted to get back into it and for a little to see what happened. You know what I mean? I, it was. So I'd spent a year messing around really because of the shoulder and that as well. So it's tricky to get back into it and you know some things have gone away and left me and you know when you get away from sport like that sometimes it's not the same but, and that um, was david had taken over at that point um no i, I don't know if, well maybe not long after yeah um not long after i sort of yeah he, he dave took over um but i still had a few horses in the yard that the owners would like wanted like whispered secret for example i rode him all the time so there was a few horses i rode still um, and then, sort of, uh, the end of your career, 21st of March, 2011, on Diamond Twister. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, it was a bad day. Um, I had five rides down at uh, Lingfield, and he was the first of the five. And he basically, it was one of those races, it was a novice hurdle, his first time over hurdles. And he went down to the first hurdle, and just instead of going in, he just sort of juttered into the hurdle, met it halfway up, and fired me out to the, to the front, which is no big deal. And... I've landed on my knee. I've got pictures inside of it, and he flipped, flipped up in the air, and I've landed up and spun up in the air and landed on my neck badly, like a freak accident. And the cord, the spinal cord, was caught. The vertebrae came out and snapped. It snapped into the spinal cord, but didn't obviously snap it, thank God. But it damaged it so much so that I was paralyzed for like eight hours. But of course, when you're paralyzed for eight hours, when you're lying on the turf, it's it's a scary place because you're, you're just lying there and you can't move and you're just thinking this is this is the end you know and it, it, it felt like that and when you have the doctors around you you can hear them you're sort of in and out of consciousness and they're saying he doesn't look good for your man do you know what I mean so it's it's not a good sign and you were left there while they tended to another jockey that's right Aidan Coleman broke his pelvis um it was like it was like, honestly it was like it was like it was a sniper going around there it was promised <laughs> you there was jockeys then left right and center but uh it was a yeah. It was a horrible day. It was and when you're lying there like that, you're just thinking, this is bad. And really when bad. when you sort of you say you can't, you paralysed. Can you feel anything? Or nothing. You totally, nothing you just, gone. That's that's the scary thing. Is, is when you talk about it, it's it's easy to say, oh yeah, you know, but it's, honestly, when you're lying there and, and you're and you just cannot move, and you know, I'm an active person, you just get up and and I have falls all the time, and just get up and when you're lying there, you're thinking, geez, this is bad. This is really bad. This is this is it. We're we're done here. Um, so to be st to be stood here now, it's nice. It's good looking back on it. And you, even when you got to the hospital, did they they gave you the wrong treatment originally? Yeah, everything. Every, I went to St George's Hospital, London. Got bad treatment. They tried to get me up. Um, it was bad it was until I went to Salisbury in Oddstock, and they saw they took the X-rays and they said you're lying there. You got you got twelve weeks in your back and you're not moving. So you're every three hours you're moved so you don't get bed sores um, and I had that for, for many many weeks it just it's, it's not nice you're lying there just lying there the whole time that must be literally torture for it is yeah it, it was it was hard to do they told me that I started crying to be fair I thought I can't do this for 12 weeks whatever it was 10 weeks whatever it was it was a long time but um, it obviously worked well because the 
despite the just despite the uh, vertebrae knitted back in properly by just doing that rather than the operation which they said they didn't want to do because it was complicated and i read that 54 days you're in hospital oh uh, yeah it was a long time anyway yeah and then, i mean you've been described nigel hawk described you as a fitness fanatic i mean is that because of what you so nearly lost no well not really i just i just i've always liked to to be active i like to be fit and um and to be fair when i when i after hospital you know you've lost your race riding career so you're trying to find something else and that's why i cycle a lot because it's it gives you a little bit of adrenaline and um you know it's it's you can you don't make it back over for what you do race riding but it's, it's just it gives you something different and yeah i enjoy it but uh you know, when your race riding career is done like that so quickly, it's a horrible situation to be in. It's like having this beautiful woman you've had for all this time and she just, she's gone, do you know what I mean? And you, see, you just think, well, what's happened? You know, what's going on? It's, it's not a nice place to be in. And what was the support like for you back in those days? Well, the, your jockeys were fantastic. Like Lucy Charnock, who did the um, Land's End John O'Groats, she was, she was there for me and fantastic. You know, it, it, you needed someone there every day because you're lying on your back. And you've got no one to talk to. It's a horrible place to be in. But they were fantastic. Brilliant. I mean, yeah. now you've got jets and stuff. Was there anybody to sort of... Obviously, you've got no money coming in. You, your career's ended. So what, well, how, I, sort of... How well, I did a Pris. You, pr pr you have Pris for 18 months. Um, and luckily for me at the time, I was getting quite a lot of rides. So that was a, that was a help. But you're, you're done. Your career's finished. And you've, you've got to come, to come to terms with that. You know, it's, it's, it's tricky. You're thinking, that's it. I'm done. Like, and, and I still had a giant bolster at the time. He, he was my main ride. And he was... You know, he was a good horse and I always think, thought he could you know, win a Gold Cup, it wasn't far wrong and there was, there was a lot to look forward to and it's gone, you know what I mean? It's not a nice place to be in. Is it, um, I was going to ask if you sort of prepare young people that you mentor now that this sort of thing can happen, but is that something you don't really do? They just sort of... No, you, look, many jockeys don't get injured. For example, someone like Paddy Brennan, you know, he's had a fantastic career, done well, he's hardly been injured. I remember Warren Marston, who I used to ride against, I think Warren might have broke a finger in his career, do you know what I mean? It's just some, some are lucky, some aren't. And to be honest with you, I thought I was going to be lucky, and I was just, I was just unlucky in the end, just it's one of those things. And are you, um, are you involved in sort of a rehabilitation of jockeys that have been injured as part of your career? Or is that... No, no, I, that's, that's not my department really. I just, I just try and, I'm, I'm basically, um, my thing is to help young kids to get on the road and, and be successful. Um, Obviously, there's pearls involved in the job, but and there's things that shouldn't happen and can happen. But and I, we talk about those sort of things. But my job is to prepare them for their career as a jockey that and to be successful, hopefully. And how long after your accident and your, you know, recovery did you fall into this job? Oh, actually, funny enough, I was in hospital and there was a somebody gave me something in the hospital. This this thing came. It was called Heads Up or something. It was called. I remember it. And the nurse that gave it to me, she said, "Oh, this has come for you." I said to her, can you, can you, I, said, I couldn't use my arms because I was, par you know, I was basically, my legs were working, but my arms wouldn't work. So she, 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 she actually read it to me and I was thinking, oh, it's about coaching. And to be fair, I thought, well, I wonder if we'll ever catch on. This was back in 2011, so it's, it's come a long way from that. And just looking through, you know, sort of doing research for this, there's lots of glowing testimonies about you from jockeys that you've, you know, that you've sort of trained. Is that, is that the most rewarding aspect of the job? Well, look, I mean, for me, the most rewarding things is that, like I say again, like yesterday, Ludlow, you know, you've, you've got a six-runner, a six, 
race card and you got three of your lads, three winners of your jockeys. That's a nice thing. I like that. And I like when everything goes well and they ride well and they, they, we plan everything out and everything goes well that way. And there's no mistakes. That's, that's what it's all about. Um, and as long as they're improving and doing well and I, I get a great kick out of that. That's, that's for me. It's not about me. It's about them. And despite the, you know, you were, you say you had a great career, but you were unlucky ultimately. Um, I, I was badly managed. I, I, I didn't have the management. If I had had me back in them days or someone like me, I think I'd have done a lot better. And that's and a lot of jockeys back in my time would, have, would agree with that because they didn't have direction. They didn't have coaching. There's someone to say, that's not right. You shouldn't do that. Or, you know, come on, let's, let's, do, let's do this better or whatever. You know what I mean? That's, that's, where, that's what coaching is all about, helping someone that maybe needs a bit of direction. So how, how would you, I mean, you know, when you sort of arrived at Oliver Carter's, I'm assuming you weren't extremely polished as a jockey, so how did you become more polished? You, well, you didn't. I mean, I, I thought it was brilliant. All young kids, they, I, you know, they watch John Frankham or Peter Scudamore and think, oh, I can do that. But of course, I, mean, I remember watching, I wrote a winner one day somewhere, and I thought I'd give it a great ride. And I came back in this weighing room afterwards and watched the rerun and I thought, who's that? <laughs> do you know what I mean? So you just, it's, it's you know, nowadays you, we can do a lot of work and make you know jockeys more polished and get technique and stuff like that. It's better. Is okay. that part of it? Look, do you watch back the videos with your um... massively? Every, every like me and the lads yesterday, we watched the races back at the races, um, especially Harry Atkins. We sat back and watched the race up on the screen, and he was sort of looking at things. and And I said, "Yeah, we could have done this, or could have done that, or maybe you know, it, you're always trying to make things better." And you know, that's the whole that's the whole idea of this. You're you're there. And to, to make jockeys better and to realise what they can do better, basically, all that sort of stuff. And, um, would, you know, so would you, I'm assuming, you know, do you, would you recommend the lifestyle of a modern jockey to any, any young, might be a 14 year old watching this that's thinking they're thinking about going to the British Racing School or whatever? Is it a hand on the heart, a career that you would recommend to a young person if they're really keen on doing it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the younger they start, the better. Because if they start, Pony racing is a brilliant way to get into it. And a lot of kids will be you know, 11, 12, 13. Um, the, the younger they start, the better. Often I'd say to a kid, you know, how old are you? Um, and if they say to me, oh, you know, they're, I, I, it's, the more they've done early in their career, in their lives, is, is, it makes it better, their, their path a lot easier. It really does. So um, I always get worried if someone says to me, oh, I'm, I'm 20 and I've, no, no, I've only started riding. Well, to be honest with you, you're going to struggle because there's so many kids that have done so much before you. So the earlier you get on, on, the, on the, if you like, the board and get, get rolling, it's, it's a lot easier for you because you've, you've got more experience and it's, you've just got a feel for it. It's, it's, it's really important. It's like golf, it's like tennis, all these sports. The, start, the, the more you, you start younger in life, the easier it becomes. Okay, and the final question, though, is probably what everybody gets asked about, you know, about their career, but is, um, accidents withstanding, is there anything you'd have sort of done differently or regretted? Oh, I've done so many things differently. Um, as I say, if I'd had direction, um, gosh, yeah, loads of things that have, oh, I just would have been a lot better and a lot more. I, I suffered from a lot of stuff, anxiety as a kid. I didn't realize I had it, you know, nowadays it's more about mental health. I didn't know what I had back in them days. I was just very in easy intimidated. You know, I was always worrying about things I shouldn't have worried about. Um, and nowadays with the young lads, I say, look, just don't worry about that. Just get on with it. And, you know, I'm, I can see it, you know, when in them. What's if it's something in my from myself and my from my own mistakes? Do you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. I, 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 if I had another go, I'd be a lot better. Okay, but you're passing on that wisdom to lots of. Uh, I hope lots so. Of, uh, I hope so. I've had. I've done a 
you know, I've done okay and, and I've made a lot of mistakes and if I can stop them making the same mistakes and just be better and I've been doing a job a while now, I can, I can understand it a bit more and I can see um, the, sign, the good signs in people and, and the, maybe, maybe when there's a, an error going to, going to occur, I can stop it happening basically. So you'd be forging, uh, be forging on lots of careers? Hope so, yeah. I, that's, I mean, I, I love it. I enjoy it. I get a lot out of it. Um, I wouldn't want to do anything else. And yeah, I get, I get, I get a lot out of it. And as, as long as I can give them the kids back, male and female, you know, making good young people, that's, that's what it's all about. Brilliant. And on that note, Roddy Green, thank you very much. Thank you.